Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to episode number 278 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I have got a really, really exciting episode for you. Lots of fun announcements coming up. Before we get there, I just want to take a moment to ask a quick favor, if you haven't already, to leave a quick rating or review on the show, really wherever you listen to this podcast, but especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts, it really does help me to grow the show and get this show in front of more women just like you. So thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to go straight in today's episode because I'm just that excited. So this week on the show, I have a guest and also a new friend named Sarah, and she is an international matchmaker based in the UK. Now I came across Sarah earlier this year, and I'm not going to share that whole story right now because I actually talk about it later on in the episode of how we meet each other. And the reason why I think you might like this story is because honestly, it was a lot like dating how we came together and it might give you a little... I don't know, sense of relief and will just help you feel not so alone, especially if you're really frustrated with dating right now, and especially if you feel like you're just putting all the stuff out there and not getting much back. Anyways, so Sarah and I, we connected and we clicked. And honestly, I didn't know much about matchmaking before connecting with her. I'm asked about it all the time. People ask for recommendations. People ask what I think about matchmaking. And honestly, until I met Sarah, I didn't really have anyone that I could personally recommend. I also didn't really know if it was something I even did recommend. I'm like, I don't know, maybe try it. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Um, But I really, really like Sarah. I really like her approach. I like how she, you know, she obviously does focus more on the tactical piece to dating than I do. I do a lot of the inner work. Uh, But also, you know, even though she is really focused on the tactical and the more practical pieces of dating, She's got this intuitive and soulful approach to it. And I just really, really appreciate that. And because we found so much synergy between the two of us, you know, she does a lot of the outer work. I do a lot of the inner work. We just really discovered that our work complements each other in so many ways. So we decided to actually co-host a totally free workshop later this month called How to Consciously Couple. It's totally free and it's on September 19th. 
And we're going to talk a little bit more about it later on in the episode. But the reason that I have her on today is because I wanted you to meet her. You know, if you're going to sign up for this workshop, I wanted you, you know, obviously, you know me, but I wanted you to know her to make sure you like her before you decide to listen to us for for an hour together. Uh, Anyway, so you can get a sense of what matchmaking is and learn from her and a sense of her style. And of course, if you want to matchmake with her, I totally recommend it. And I at least recommend starting with the workshop just to see you know, a little bit more about her and to see how the inner work and the outer work work together in order to, you know, attract and find the relationship that you that you're looking for that you want. So I hope you'll join us at our joint workshop. It's on September 19th. Again, it's called how to consciously couple. It's totally free. And you can join us at veronicagrant.com forward slash conscious coupling. So in today's episode, Sarah is going to talk about how she matches her clients, what's involved with matchmaking, and she's going to talk about the four biggest dating mistakes she sees her clients make. It's a really good episode. And without further ado, let's get right into it. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited you're here today. Thank you so much for welcoming me on. Very excited to be here. Yeah. So you are the very first matchmaker. I'm trying to think like really quickly. I've done hundreds of episodes, but I'm pretty sure I'm correct. You are the very first matchmaker I've ever had on the show, which is kind of weird when you think about it. Uh, But I'm super excited you're here. And I'm pretty sure that everyone listening is just dying to hear what you have to say. I'm so excited, but also really honored if you've done hundreds of episodes and never had a matchmaker. I almost can't believe it. Yeah, I don't think I have. I mean, I used to do a lot more interviews when I first started the podcast. Now I do more coaching, like I bring people onto the show and coach. But the early days, I did a lot more interviews. And even then, I don't remember ever having a matchmaker. And honestly, like, I don't know much about matchmaking. I get asked about it all the time if I have any recommendations. Well, now I do. But I just, I don't really know that my my context is like, you know, Fiddler on the Roof and like into the matchmaker or whatever. Matchmaker, <laughs> matchmaker, make me a match. <laughs> That's like pretty much all I know. And like the world I come from, like, I mean, I, I wasn't raised religious, but like in religious Jewish circles, like matchmaking is like serious business. And these people are like set up and they go on like two or three dates and like, yep, yep. Everything checks off. Let's get married. And like, I know in those circles, like at least the rule or not the rule, but the understanding is no one's actually in love when they get married. Like you learn to love each other. And I'm like, "Mm, okay. You know, I I don't know. I won't go into all my feelings about that, but that's, again, I'm just trying to say that's my only context for matchmaking. So I'm just really excited you're here and um, I'm hopefully going to telepathically know what my listeners are asking or wanting me to ask you so that I can ask those questions. But before I uh, we get into that, can you just introduce yourself to everyone listening? Absolutely. So hi, everyone. I'm Sarah Louise Ryan. I'm an international matchmaker and dating coach, uh, also consultant in the dating industry. And in a nutshell, I help people find, build and deepen loving romantic relationships and I've been doing what I do now since 2011 and I figured out today is actually my 10th year of doing it wow how that's amazing that is amazing okay so 10 years what are the top things you've learned about matchmaking dating relationships all the stuff Okay, so top thing probably come as no surprise. It doesn't matter as a matchmaker 
Um, so speaking professionally, what I've learned about the profession and human beings is that it doesn't matter how good two people seem and sound together on paper or, you know, energetically when you meet them in person and you could just as a yenter, as you might say, have a really good feel that they would be a good fit and they might, you know, logistically fit. But then when they meet, just no chemistry. I mean, and mm-hmm. it can happen. Or two people that you're kind of 80% sure they'll get along. And then, you know, I've had clients who've gotten married after their first introduction. They've signed for like a year of introductions. So what have I learned? I've learned just as my clients, I have to be tenacious as a matchmaker. Love has no barriers. I work on a global scale and people have met and moved countries and, you know, continents to be together. And it doesn't matter how difficult the search might seem or feel or how depleted might be. There's so much hope for love. I love that. And I really love the part where you're you're saying, you know, you can be sure or or at least on paper, you know, they look like a good match, but then there's not chemistry. I find so many of my clients and women listening to the show get stuck in that pattern where it's like, well, we seem great on paper. Like this person has X, Y, Z about them. And yet there's no chemistry. And so they're like trying to force it or convincing themselves that something's wrong with them. And they just, this is what real love is or healthy love is. It feels a little boring and kind of crappy. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I can personally relate to that as well. I mean, geez, like I, oh, I won't go into it, but it's just curious that, or just interesting that, you know, you've discovered a similar pattern that I know a lot of my clients find themselves in. I guess, and it comes down to, when it comes down to it, it's about trusting one's gut. And, you know, you might socially, geographically, economically, in terms of life stage, you know, be a good fit on paper, but you also cannot force feelings, you cannot force chemistry. And if those sparks aren't flying, and you aren't experiencing, you know, that eroticism of the mind with one another, you know, just don't force it, you have to feel it no matter how things stack up, you know, in terms of what you're looking for. I've also learned that lots of single professionals who want what they want and they get it yesterday because they're successful and they're used to achieving at work, (laughs) approach dating, you know, with a, a mindset of a shopping list and they write down all of the things that they're looking for. And when they see all of those things, particularly if their aesthetic is non-negotiable, they're often setting themselves up to fail. I remember once in maybe 2015 or 16 doing a big workshop with lots of women, actually. And I remember one of the women was saying how, you know, she's dual nationality and lives, you know, in two different places and travels a lot for work. And she needed a, a man who's kind of, you know, quintessentially British, she wanted, who spoke six languages and, you know, self-sufficient financially and otherwise, uh, you know, ready emotionally. I was like, okay, so let's say quintessentially British. What about Hugh Grant? What if he didn't speak six languages? What are you going to do then? What if I presented you with Hugh Grant tomorrow? Are you going to decline? She was like, well, no. And I was like, so why have you written this list? And why are you going with it? Why are you running with it and not being fluid and feeling into, you know, what can just fall by the wayside? And she just didn't know. So I guess 
what I would say is anyone that's tuning in and does have one of those really extensive shopping lists, you know, just have a way with anything that doesn't, you know, fit your values. If it's aesthetic and it can go, you know, really start to question what's on that list and how you're navigating the search to meet somebody. Because, you know, lots of the time people can be making the pool smaller themselves and not realize that they're self-sabotaging on the search. Well, I want to I want to pause you there because we're going to talk more about mistakes that you see uh, women making. But before we we get there, I'm kind of curious just if you can just like break it down. How like if someone listening was like, "Ooh, I really want a matchmaker." Like how how does that work? What would be the first thing that they would do? And um, so we have a short application form, and the way we describe what we do because there's lots of different matchmakers that work in different ways. And mm-hmm. um, my company is called Love Connections Global, and we basically work as headhunters for love. So kind of recruiters filling a romantic role for those people who are looking for something I like to call um, meaningful monogamy. Because with modern dating, the way it is, there's so many different levels of openness in relationships. You know emotionally and sexually and all of that jazz and we're quite traditional in the sense that people that come to us want a meaningful monogamous relationship and they're not necessarily aiming for marriage but they are aiming for long-term commitment but hopefully results in marriage but not everyone's open to that and we're open to that as well so what they do is they head to the website and they fill out an application form and we we vet that in terms of you know they they outline a little bit about the kind of person they're looking to meet, where they're at in their in their life, and um, if they have children or not, are they open to children or not? So we kind of have a little bit of an understanding logistically of who they are and mm-hmm. what they're here at Love Connections for. And then we invite them for a consultation. I've had plenty of those today since the world started to reopen somewhat. Everyone's <laughs> like, okay, I can meet people in real life, hurrah. And <laughs> so we have a consultation where we we get into it I say it's informal but it's really informative where we just get to know them better who are they what are they about what did they learn from their previous relationships and what lessons have they taken from their dating scenarios so far and we really try to gauge how serious they are about navigating the search for a partner is matchmaking right for them because you know we've got a good reputation and we want to ensure that we're onboarding people who are serious about the search you know not necessarily serious people you know but don't take Mm -hmm. themselves too seriously but the search is not just going online swiping left and right it's human beings and there's no algorithm here where we get to know every single person so it's an application and it's a consultation and we figure out are they so we work in three ways locally nationwide and globally and not too many matchmaking firms a work as headhunters which we do or b work on those different um scopes of and scales in terms of the search and then when we onboard a client we check id to check that people are who they say they are you can never be too careful these days they are the age they say they are they live where they say they live because it's really important and that we do those vetting procedures because i think anyone can pretty much create a social media profile and set up link it to an app today and say Mm -hmm. that they are joe anna or joseph blogs and they're not (laughs) and then um We work on a process of introducing them. We call it connections because we don't believe it's fair to say that it's a match. We want them to decide and tell us whether they think it's a match. I think because there's a lot of psyche behind that. You've probably seen it on different apps 
and things where people are swiping right and they say, hey, congrats, you know, mazel tov, it's a match, this and, you know, whatever. But actually, that's almost filling you with so much, you know, romanticism and hope that that person is your instantaneous person. It's like, well, no, because whoever they say they are on their profile, that's fine. But you have to meet in person to see if there's a connection. And I really believe that people should enjoy first dates, just checking in on the chemistry levels rather than romanticizing whether they're going to have babies or not. So um, we call it a connection and then we work on feedback. So it's all the good, the bad and the ugly. What connected them? What worked for them? What didn't work for them? What could we do better as matchmakers in terms of the search for them? How can we better understand them and more often than not the feedback from the dates that they've been on is really constructive almost like coaching to share with them you know what was showing up for the other party about them on the day and it helps them understand how they're approaching you know what their dating styles are and how open or closed they're being on those dates so that can be really helpful to I guess, kind of creating a positive dating journey. And we work with our clients over the course of a year and uh, share with them the feedback that each client has suggested they'd like to share, what's constructive and whatnot. And um, we go from there and, and make introductions around every eight weeks based on their criteria and relationship goals. That's so interesting. So the people that you're matching, do you have like, you have your clients, you know, that come to you and then you're matching them with other clients or do you just have like this pool of people that you can potentially, do you know what I mean? Not necessarily clients, just like a pool of people. Really interesting. Um, good question as well, because matchmaking works on lots of different business models. So I've, mm-hmm. I consult for a lot of companies as well um, who are starting in the dating industry, which is in the offline space. So that's, you know, 100% of where we are, everything is offline, other than, you know, the profiles which they receive. So our business model works as headhunters. So we don't fill a quota of clients and clients, we look at the criteria and perhaps introduce them to other paying clients or actively say I've heard about somebody in a company that I'm consulting for and I think oh gosh he sounds great and I'll just say you know I'm looking for somebody like that can you ask him to be in touch with me and I've got somebody I'd really like to introduce him to so it's very traditional in that sense Hmm. but we have a group of headhunters who work for Love Connections so we've got our team of matchmakers then we've got a team of headhunters who refer single professionals in and they go through the same process whether they're signing up to the database to be selected as um, what we call like a preferred partner for an actively searching client or if two actively searching clients are a great fit for one another we would introduce them as well so over the course of a membership, you know, we're really transparent that people would receive, um, clients would receive a mixture of both. And, um, you know, I have a couple of different dating agencies as well. And if I see a client in a a different agency, you know, not showing data or anything, but I would say, oh, I think you'd be a good fit for someone else. Could you, uh, over at Love Connections, can you come over and, you know, go through the verification checks, even though I already know who you are and what you're looking for? Can you, go through the process and then we can make an introduction for you. So um, intertwine, I guess, having uh, multiple businesses that work with single professionals in the dating industry and also having a team of headhunters who are proactively out there searching and referring people in. So and we do, we do um, 
something as well, which we haven't done for a while because of the times we've been in being somewhat surreal. Something called the staycation is a venture of mine where we take um, single professionals offline and hire big stately homes and take them to do things like wine tasting and archery and you know, have different dating experts and coaches come in and do talks about the intricacies of modern dating that attracts a lot of really great singles. So then they, that would, they would then automatically refer them into the pool of matchmaking clients as well. So we do lots of events that attract great, great singles in. That's so cool. It's so interesting. So if we know that it's not always just about what's on paper when it comes to connection, are you just looking for what's on paper and then it's up to the client to see if there's chemistry once the introduction has been made? Or is there like an intuitive process or other things that you're looking for in terms of like how to match up people? You know, it's, I'm pleased that you've asked that. There have been times where I've just looked, you know, say I've been the matchmaker and there's a, a small team who's met, say, Joanna and has also met Joseph. And actually, even though on paper they look like they'd be a good fit, I've met them. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And I can see that their energy is completely different. You know, maybe one of them's really got like a zest for life and massively out there is glass half full, but the other one has a bit of work to do. I just, and I can feel that energetically they wouldn't seem like a great fit I might share with each other you know this is who we've got and then you know they can go ahead and make a decision themselves or if I just really feel it in my gut that they're not going to work based on you know their sense of humor being different their outlook despite having one and wanting the same relationship once we do also work on what we feel is intuitively right but sometimes I've kind of gone, oh, I'm not sure about them. And then they've gone off and they've made babies. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's yeah. you know, we yeah. work with what we've got, but then sometimes intuition helps out and sometimes it doesn't quite work out. I just think this is so interesting. And I know there's probably a lot more questions people are asking. And this leads me to a little bit of a surprise that we have. Well, actually, I spoiled the surprise in the introduction to this episode. But we are teaming up to do a joint workshop together this month. And I don't know, at least for me, I'm super excited because you're like, I mean, I, I love that, like, with your clients, you know, you can get feedback from the other person that they went on a date with and say, here's some of the feedback or where you're closed off or da, 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 da. And I just think that's so helpful. And so to me, I just feel like we're the best of both worlds. You know, like I'm all about the inner work and you're really obviously very well versed in an expert in the in the outer work. And I define the outer work as like 
the actual going on the date, the actual communicating, the body language, you know, that kind of stuff. And I don't know. So I'm just really excited to do this workshop with you. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about it at the end of the episode. But for folks who are listening, who already know they want more of Sarah, then you can join us for the workshop at veronicagrant.com forward slash conscious coupling. And we'll put the link to that in the show notes. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about it at the end of the episode. But we'll be, you know, co-hosting that workshop. It's on the September 19th. Did I get the date right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you are listening to this episode on or around the time it was released, then I hope you'll join us. And if you are listening to this episode a little bit later, maybe after the 19th, then I'm not 100% sure what we're doing, but there'll probably be a replay up. So I still encourage you to go up to that website and and you can, you know, you can download the replay if you've if you've missed us live. Anyways, so what I want to talk about is I'm sure that you see a lot of mistakes that people in you know in this world or at least my world specifically women make in dating. So can we talk a little bit about that? What are some of the top mistakes that that you see your clients make? Absolutely. Um yeah, there's quite a few, but so we'll just go go with the top. <laughs> I think modern dating, I know it's a, it's a very general term, but it is a minefield. It's so intricate. There are so many platforms and apps and things to choose from first and foremost is not aligning oneself with the place they think the people or person they'd like to meet might be so just kind of spreading their energy everywhere putting their profile on loads of different places without being intentional thinking about okay have I done my research on what kind of people use this platform what kind of people use this app do I feel best placed here Do I know what I'm willing to share about myself and put as a digital footprint? Do I know how I'm putting my best foot forward in terms of being able to align with that kind of person? And more often than not, people don't know what they're doing or how they're putting themselves out there. You know, perhaps not getting friends to help them vet their dating friend. Another thing is the idea that just because they've created a profile or five, or you know put themselves out there is that love will just arrive like an Amazon Prime package at their door (laughs) the next day like hoping for the best and I think you have to be really tenacious and I think more often than not another thing is that people experience you know perhaps a, a short stint of rejection or an experience of rejection from maybe it's one person or maybe it's multiple dates where people have just been saying you know this isn't going to work for me and instead of taking it inward it's really about mastering one's mindset on that and just being like okay well that person just as I do have has had the right to choose and they haven't chosen to connect and continue this you know with me okay so that means that it wasn't my door to open the opportunity is to now go and meet somebody who is right for me where the connection feels mutual I think more often than not a big mistake is I want to pause you on on that one because that's 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 a big one that I notice too you know I'll Mm. I just wrapped up or earlier this this year in the summer I did um, a serendipity challenge and then that was followed by a course called dating without swiping and one of the things that I just was like trying to get across until I was like blue in the face is I mean, I don't really have a statistic. Maybe you do, but I don't know. I just feel like just assume that like 99% of the time you're going to get rejected. 
you know, again, I don't know if that's like, I mean, that's obviously not scientific. I don't know if that's like anywhere ballpark, but I think that, you know, when, when someone, you know, is like, okay, I'm going to do this scary thing. I'm going to go say hi to this stranger. I'm going to go flirt with this person, or I'm going to swipe right on this person, or I'm going to message this person. And it is really scary. And, you know, depending on your rejection, resilience, and a lot of other internal factors, you know, some people may be able to weather some of those rejections better than, than others. But I just, I think that there is this idea that you do this scary thing and then you shall be rewarded. <laughs> yes. Because and, it's called dating for a reason. They don't say you go in one day and you get date and get married. It's called dating because you want to have a whole well-rounded experience of meeting different yeah. people, seeing what works. You, le- you learn so much about yourself when you are out there meeting multiple people and having different energy exchanges. Right. Yeah. And I think that just, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, 99% of encounters do not result in rejection. But I think the important piece behind that is if you go on a date or every interaction that you make or you have, and you have this attachment to something coming from it, you're just going to have a lot harder time because that's just not statistically what's going to happen, you know? And so you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. And, you know, I, I, um, my husband had some back issues a few years back and I'm trying to, I'm going to possibly butcher this quote, but, um, he went to like this natural, whatever, not, what is it called? Osteopath, whatever doctor Mm -hmm. to help with his back before he ultimately had to do surgery. And so this osteopath had a sign in his office and it said, pain is unavoidable. Suffering is avoidable or something along the lines of that. Basically, you know, you can't avoid rejection or disappointment or whatever in dating and relationships. That's just part of, it's just part of the package. Like if you're going to date, that's just what you're going to expect. But suffering is really the resistance of what's right in front of you. And so if you're resisting, like, or I got rejected or like, Oh, this person that, or this person, this, and you're just like resisting what is right in front of you, then that's going to create so much more suffering and so much more pain than just the rejection itself. And so if you, you know, not to say that rejection doesn't hurt, like it certainly can, and usually does, you know, the resistance of it, which creates the suffering is 10 times worse. Anyways, I just wanted to emphasize that point because when you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm sure so many people listening to that can can relate. Um, I just yeah. think it's so important. I absolutely agree. And I think, you know, it's often people seeing failure as the final destination rather than a hurdle to learn from and and climb over and and you know be, become more resilient along the way and totally I think it's not a final destination it's just one of those things that you have to experience when you're out there meeting new people having those romantic ish sometimes not experiences you know it's yeah. just part part of the process and the package like you say yeah and and i think you know i've said this a lot on the show like i don't even really believe in failure i mean i get like you know if you went on a date and didn't go anywhere or a relationship ended or you tried to get a job and you didn't or whatever that can certainly, you know, by the way we define failure short, it's failure. I get it. <laughs> but I really do think that we don't have to look at it that way because when I look at my past quote unquote failures, whether it's in my business and my relationships and really any aspect of my life, the quote unquote failures were just like, okay, like something needs to, like, I need to 
uncover something. I need to learn something. It's completely transformed. And and like, even though some of the biggest failures were the ones that hurt the most, they also created the biggest catalysts for transformation. So I don't know. I mean, I get like, it can definitely wear on you for sure. If it feels like disappointment or if it is disappointment, you know, over and over and over again, um, you know, and then there might be something else to look at, you know, that's going on in the internal world. But I think that the more you can just kind of go with that in stride and just say, yep, ooh, this hurts, but it's an obstacle versus like, well, this just sucks. <laughs> this is, this is what I'm destined for. You know, that's just completely different energies. Mm, I a hundred percent agree. And I think those are, if I had to say, those are the top mistakes that the modern yeah, days is making. I was just going to ask you if there's any, any more, I think we've gone over what, four, maybe three. Four. Mm, four. <laughs> I lost track. I think it was four. Any others that you think are important to note? Uh, maybe they'll uh, tune into the workshop and find out. Ooh, good lead in. <laughs> well, I'm so excited about this workshop. So I can share a little bit about what I'm going to talk about. Then I'd love for you to share just a little teaser what you're going to talk about. So, you know, for you guys listening, it's probably not a big surprise that I'm going to be talking about, you know, the inner work and um, the inner child work and how you can, you know, I know for a lot of people in my audience, you know, they've either gone to therapy or they've even done inner child work or, or done like meditations or whatever. And they're like, okay, I have all this awareness. I know I'm attracting this kind of person or that kind of pattern, but it's like, I get that, but like also I go on dates, nothing changes. So in this workshop, my goal is to help you basically create that bridge, you know, create the bridge between, okay, this is the inner work. This is, these are the blocks and there are the limiting beliefs or the lies that I tell myself. Um, these are the core wounds that I have. And here's how I can actually be, use that awareness and turn it into integration so that my dating life changes and I attract a different kind of person and a different kind of relationship and I become more confident and feel more worthy and set boundaries and all that kind of good stuff. And then you're going to take over and you're going to talk about the practical search for attracting a partner. What does it look like? How do you navigate it, especially with all of the options and, you know, platforms and I guess opportunities out there to meet different people today? How does it look? What are you actually putting out there about yourself? How are you strategically, for for a lack of a better word, navigating the search? You know, are you are you verbally aligning yourself? How do you check in when you're on a date and see if it feels like a good fit? How, you know, are you so in your head on a date that you're not outwardly putting across what it is that you want to put across, or even, you know, stepping into your power? and feeling whether they're a good fit for you rather than waiting to be accepted by them. So it's about navigating the search in a powerful way so you can feel energized and not just energized, excited about dating. I mean, I often find myself asking clients, okay, so you're ready to meet someone, great, but are you excited about dating? Or do you feel like you're coming from, you know, a mindset where it's lack and you're feeling like you're lacking in love are you dating because mm. you're lonely or are you dating because you're ready and how does that show up how are you showing up are you being the energy that you want to attract if so how so so we're going to talk about the practical search for love I love that and I cannot 
I, I can't wait. I'm just, I, I just thought that's all I can say. I'm super excited. And, and for everyone listening, just so you know, I have been taken upon myself over the past six months or so to be more proactive in reaching out to colleagues in my industry. And, you know, there is definitely like, and my clients know this because I probably shared it before. I definitely struggle with the the lack mentality, the scarcity mindset. I'm like, oh, I can't talk to other dating coaches or whatever because they're like competition or <laughs> or whatever. And so I, you know, decided I was going to get over that. And and so I've been reaching out to others in my in my industry. And you know what? It's just kind of like dating. A lot of people don't respond or a lot of people don't really want to be friends. They just want to come onto your podcast and have you promote them. And and that's that's fine. Like whatever. They people again, people can have agency and choice, just like you talked about. But my my point in saying all of this is, you know, there's yeah, there's a lot of rejection. And, you know, I might not be dating anymore, but I'm certainly, you know, still experiencing my fair share of like ghosting it and rejection, rejection just in, in different in different ways. And then Sarah wrote me back. And then we had this conversation and we're like, hey, we should do this. This will be fun. And here we are. So you really never know what can happen. And um, and also, yeah, I just I I can't. I know I keep beating a dead horse here, but I can't overemphasize like how important it is just to, yep, rejection is just part of it. And if you want to get to where you want to go, rejection is, it's, I know you call it an obstacle. It almost seems like it's a necessary obstacle. Do you know what I mean? Yes, it's so necessary. And actually, yes, I do recall when, you know, your email hit my inbox and normally I think, oh gosh, I'm so busy with the clients and whatnot. And um, I'm a collaborative mindset person, but you know, I guess in these real times, just focusing on the clients rather than collaboration. And I thought she's taken a leap of faith, and I absolutely will do the same. So it was like dating, and then we just hit it off and connected. And totally. I guess that's a really, a really good way to explain what dating is like. You, you just, you just never know whether you're gonna gel or whether you're, you know, you're, you're gonna feel aligned. But it, it worked for us and now we're bringing and providing something really great for everyone yeah. listening in and everyone that's going to attend and we're excited and I think there's so much to learn and I think we'll we'll take a lot from it as well you know providing for so many amazing people totally totally well um obviously people will hear more from you at the workshop which is again for the the link for everyone veronicagrant.com forward slash conscious coupling but in addition to that, where can um, where can people find you? So over on Instagram, it's lessonsinlove underscore. And if anyone's interested about matchmaking, they want to be headhunted or they want <laughs> us to headhunt for them for love, um, it's loveconnectionsglobal.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time for being here, for responding to my email. And um, I'm so excited for our workshop in a couple of weeks, less than a couple of weeks. I think it's like 10 days from at least, at least when this podcast is being released 10 days. So very soon, super excited. Yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you so much for having me on. Really loved it. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. We 
love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.